Okay, it's time for a spiel again. <laughs> Can you sing our jingle? <laughs> that was it. Great, amazing. Should we, should we compose a jingle? Uh, I should not, but you might. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see why I'm more qualified to do this than you. So because I believe about... in you. <laughs> Aw, makes one of us. Okay, I'm ready for your speech. <clears throat> Again, makes one of us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Peppy. Peppy voice. <laughs> I hope you're going to include all of this. <laughs> of course. Oh, good. Okay. Great. <laughs> okay. Welcome to Church Talk. I'm your host, Amanda Hall, here with Reverend Laurel Gray. This is the monthly episode of this podcast, where we talk about the month's sermons, world events, and how we make sense of the complexities of life. If you'd like to submit a question or a discussion topic, please email it to podcasts at uucsw.org. We'll keep you anonymous unless you say we can include your name. In this episode, we'll be discussing the sermons Celebration Sunday, What About Saints, and On Blossoming. If you want to hear those sermons in their entirety, you can find them in this same podcast feed where you found this episode. We will also recap them here before discussing. Or should I say Laurel will, as she agreed to before our recording. <laughs> it's a team effort. <laughs> Shall I go? How are you? And I'm good. We're podcasting. Yeah. It's springtime. Indeed, we are. It is. I put um, some forsythia on my dining room table, so we'll see if I sneeze at you. <laughs> or is that, is that, no, is it forsythia? Those are the purple ones that are like little, like beehive shapes. Laurel, pst, no one can see. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> this, but they this have a really, <laughs> they... Hi, hi. This is an audio we medium. We just took a really hard left turn. I've already steered us off course. I think they're called hyacinths. Uh, Forsythia okay. is the yellow bushes. Hyacinths are the like little dome-shaped. Point being, they're extremely fragrant, which I'm now realizing is sitting next to them to podcast. Mm-hmm. So happy spring, everyone. Take your allergy medication. <laughs> I know. It's such a like, it's such a bummer that spring also coincides with allergies it's like really <laughs> like really we just had like winter forever and now mm-hmm. everyone's like a little bleary eyed and sniffly mm-hmm. yeah well you know but it's how nature works I don't, pollen it's important <laughs> true i mean so, not me per i don't really get allergies but i feel strongly for those who do so mm-hmm. <laughs> um solidarity <laughs> On that note, um, <laughs> that note. pledge campaign. <laughs> yeah. So the first Sunday of the month was Celebration Sunday, um, which is when we kick off our annual pledge campaign, um, which is sort of when everyone commits to how much they'll donate for the year so that we can put together the annual budget for the church. Um, because again, congregational church structures mean that um, the church is self, both self-funded and then the all the members of the congregation vote on how the money gets allocated at the annual meeting. Um, so we're in the sort of midst of that, 
We've got about two thirds of the way towards the pledge goal and about half of people have um, pledged so far, I think, or at least as of Saturday or Sunday. Um, so if you haven't pledged, please do. Um, I know lots of people wait until after tax season is done. So carry on and, you know, do your taxes. Um, the second service, someone had, I think it was on like leading up to Christmas, there was like somebody had a dinner party and I got a text from a bunch of congregants asking me if we had saints, <laughs> which was like a very funny <laughs> you, you like, let's just ask the minister. Um, so I surely so the, it came up. What? It so it probably came up at this dinner. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. why not? Um, mm -hmm. And so I was I was, you know, thinking I should give a more thorough response to that question, um, which turned out to be a really hard service to plan because obviously, or maybe not obviously, if you listen to the service, saints are belong to the realm of the Catholics. So looking for you, you like resources and readings and, you know, et cetera about saints was there is there are zero there just aren't mm -hmm. any <laughs> and so then i was yeah. like reading catholic children's books about saints and i was like this needs so many layers of translation so that service was sort of hilariously difficult to plan um which kind mm -hmm. of was like to the point of what this point of the service was that we are not the ones who control saints like they are a thing and we can sort of like garner some inspiration from them but we do not you use are not in control of the sainthood um so that was the second service and then this past sunday was the first sunday of spring and so i was preaching on um the sort of liminal time between seasons um and the the sort of seasons around us and the seasons inside us and how they take time to unfold and take time to blossom um so it felt kind of meandering, but I think people liked it. So who knows, you know? <laughs> well, it's of the, it's of the season. Right. March has a lot of stuff in it. It does. It does. Even even just listing out those services is like it's kind of a chaotic um yeah, medley, right? Um some and some months were dab. more consistent yeah. on the same theme, but nope. And in the middle of all of it, my birthday. So. <gasps> Happy birthday. Thank you. To you. I'm 34. Nice. I'm a tender youth to some and <laughs> unfathomably old to others. Do you, I remember so. being in kindergarten and thinking the sixth graders in my elementary school were basically adults, <laughs> which mm -hmm. is now hilarious. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Adult. It's very funny that, like, Obviously, there are further subdivisions of adulthood, but, like, mm -hmm. the fact that, like, childhood and adulthood are, like, theoretically the two time, like, two ways that your life can be divvied up, like, adulthood is a it's lot. It's not very specific. <laughs> <laughs> like, when you're a child, all adults are in the same category. It's just right. grownups. Right. And, like, I'm a different kind of grownup than I was. There are also all kinds of, Before. like, thought pieces on this and how, like, for people of our sort of age bracket, like, adulthood means something entirely different than sort of the, like, n the story we were told growing up about, like, mm. when you're an adult, you, you know, are married and you own a home and you, like, have children. And for so many people, right. because of the nature of the economy and the world, like, those 
are simply not feasible things. And so we got stuck in this weird place of like the social narrative that we were raised with and still kind of live in about what adulthood should mean is utterly out yeah. of whack with like the reality of our lives. And so then even when you're in your mid thirties, you're like a weird like tadpole adult because you like <laughs> don't have a mortgage and a fence and like 2.5 children, right? So yeah, I have like two point one. <laughs> That's Henry not true. I don't have any children. Children. <laughs> Fair enough. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. I I do feel like rather in a in a liminal season. I would yeah. say. Well, um, I think too the sort of like not only springtime but this like coming out of winter, which is still kind of a season of like germs and sickness and like. What's mm-hmm. this sort of post-COVID or post this season of COVID summer? Like we're in a lot of ways, we're still in the in-between. Yeah. I like it, though. I got to say, like, I would say that <laughs> there's my, a sweetness my, to it, I think. There's like a tenderness to the in-between. Yeah. yeah. Well, there was like, there was a lot of my life where fall was definitely like no competition my favorite season oh yeah i feel like books yeah but i don't necessarily like other seasons are starting to give it some competition now like this this spring is feeling good yeah i honestly after after daylight savings um was sort of like you know i could use a little more darkness i'm not sure i really have the energy for this much daylight yet (laughs) yeah true (laughs) hibernating is is kind of of nice (laughs) yeah it is a little bit like shaking you by the shoulders like life is alive (laughs) so are you yeah but yeah no i'm also spring has for i think my whole life been my favorite season so i'm very i'm very pro spring Aw, that's consistent of you. <laughs> personality test. Laurel is a spring. This, this should. This should be the new personality Buzzfeed. test. Yeah. This is uh, a very meandering podcast so far. <laughs> yeah, for the first time ever. Welcome yeah, to no the show. Yeah, no one's ever heard us just, <laughs> who knows what we're talking about. Just wander through mm-hmm. until it's over. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're still it's here. Fine. Um, for the saints thing, mm-hmm. um, I thought this was, so this was very funny to me. I listened to a comedy podcast that like, it's an advice show. So they give advice, but like, you shouldn't follow any of their advice. That's amazing. Um, and <laughs> I want to listen to that. <laughs> I've been listening to it since I was in college. Really? Like, wow. This is like. It's the first podcast I ever listened to. It was when podcasts were, like, not a thing yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's been going on for a million years. Don't listen to the early episodes. They're very problematic. Yeah. Um, but well, it's called My Brother. Well, is a good thing, right? Learning yes. and developing is a good thing. Yes. It's called My Brother, My Brother, and Me. Oh, yes. Um, I have listened to this. Okay. <laughs> By uh, proximity <laughs> to someone else listening uh, to it. Yeah. Um. So anyway, they they have a segment where they get like look at different advice that's been given on the internet, and so they mm-hmm. used to look at like questions that people asked on Yahoo Answers and giving oh like fake answers to those. Amazing. But now they uh, take you through WikiHow articles, which are like 
how do I blank? Like, it's just a bunch of how to oh, articles. Yeah. Um, it's like an encyclopedia of like how to do all of these random things. And one of them was how to become a saint. So I actually, really? I, I should have listened some of that. to it. <laughs> I did not I know. Actually, yeah. As I was listening, I was like, yeah, the part about like, you have to do a miracle. Um, the thing that was shocking to me and like, a lot of other people said they were shocked was that the miracle has to be after you died. Did you know this part? See, I thought it's... I mean, this according to the BBC. <laughs> Either so. the WikiHow article was wrong or like, the or something else. But it sounded to me like there were two kinds of miracles. They could be like direct miracles that you performed in life uh-huh. or... Miracles attribu- attributed to you, as you described, because, like, someone prayed to you. Yeah, um, see, I thought it was the first one until I was, like, doing this research. Um, but, I mean, my source was this BBC article. So, again, like, you know, that is as, you know, watertight as it is or not, right? Like, hmm. I I claim no great expertise here. <laughs> that was, like, well, kind of some- the point. <laughs> Well, in some way, you have to have two like miracles on record that are quote unquote like confirmed Mm -hmm. or like certified by the church. Right. Right. So then the definition of what the miracle mean, what a miracle means is like that's open to that's the that seems to be the sort of point of confusion. Um, But yeah. Yeah. Miracles. I just thought that like certification was very interesting because And there's a whole council on it. I was like, who knew? Yeah. I I would love to sit in on those deliberations. Like <laughs> I can't even I want to see their criteria list. <laughs> yeah, no, I like baffling. But it's it makes me think about like how like deciding what is true. And who gets to officially say what is real and true Uh is, like, a function of power. Mm -hmm. And so, like, thinking about what a powerful right the church has has given themselves to decide what a miracle is. Yeah. Um, That's uh, very not (laughs) you-you. Well, no, exactly, exactly. That is, like, literally the early Unitarians were, like, hold the phone. We don't think yeah. that guy up there at the pulpit with the Bible is the only one who can like make sense of the world and its meaning. That's where that yeah. was like precisely where Unitarianism yeah. in part was born. Um, so yes, which I think was where all of this like saints thing, I was like, this is like translating unrelated languages from one to the other. To try and make Mm -hmm. sense of this. Um, So. Yeah. So I think like the process and definition Mm -hmm. cannot be translated, but like the function can. Well, and that was sort of where I was going with like. Right. We kind of need to not get into the weeds about these definitions of God (laughs) and miracles and salvation because we would get so lost, which like was kind of what happened to me. When I was like trying to prepare for the service, I kept getting like lost in these like rabbit holes in my own head of like, how do I, what, ah, ooh, ah, <laughs> like, 
like, mm-hmm. what yeah. do you mean? <laughs> like, this is so complicated. So to, mm-hmm. to like to pull off the sermon, I had to, to do the service. I had to like zoom out pretty far and like not try to like try to look at the effect of what was going on and not really try to define what was the sort of details of what was going on because it just got so (sighs) but imagine I mean imagine trying to impose that level of like (laughs) so stay with me this makes me think about (laughs) um censorship rules for social media like Uh there's a team of people who have to sit in a room and decide what is and isn't okay to say on their social media, their company's social media platform. Yeah. And like having to decide what is and isn't this like very intangible thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like a miracle. Right. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Try- trying to have that discussion based on specific like rules and criteria. Yeah. Like it's so talking past the actual thing. Yeah. But it feels kind of absurd to even try. Although, yeah. like, you don't have a choice if you're a right. social you media Right, you need to network. try. Yeah. Yeah, like, the, there has to be a moderation team. But it's right. just very, like, yeah. Yeah, it's, would... like, so philosophical <laughs> it's sort of hard to know where reality ends and starts. Well, right? it's, it's philosophical and it's very, like, uh... Like in so in the weeds, as you said, right. like yeah, very both, both. Yes. <laughs> technical almost. Like yes. you can't really be technical about the the miraculous and stunning, awful wonder of like mm-hmm. existence and mm-hmm. making meaning. But mm-hmm. I just yeah, think I, I don't want that wish job. I was on that committee. I wouldn't exactly. volunteer for that committee. I mean, I'm not eligible because yeah. I'm not Catholic, but I also would say no if asked. I mean, it makes our church committees seem pretty approachable, doesn't it? <laughs> They're very Who wants to volunteer. Right? The pledge committee is like, we need to figure out, you know, like how many letters to print and what should go on the bulletin, right? Like, mm-hmm. we could do that. That's totally can, doable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those, those who can hear this right now, you're capable of the kinds of committee <laughs> spots job. we have open. This Sunday, there's a coffee hour that your mom is hosting as part of the nominating oh, committee um, to get people to sign up to be chairs of committees. So this is a good, you know. Yeah, what's going on with that? A good plug. What's the status of that? Um, thankfully, I'm not in charge of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so p- this is part of the annual meeting is that we elect officers for the church. Um, so the nominating committee is a group that, um, I think it's three people that works together in the spring to sort of look at like, who's eligible to serve on the board, who, who like, who would be good to ask who, which part of that is like, who's done it recently, who like, it's sort of not their turn again. Um, and then also trying to figure out if all of the committees, sort of have the leadership that they need. Um, so, yeah, it's an important role. Um, so, yeah, come get some cookies Ooh, well. on Sunday and learn about all the ways that you can, you know, be tangibly helpful and not have to decide if things are miracles because that's not our wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah. You could plant flowers. You could, you know, help teach kids. There are so many ways to be helpful. Um 
And I do think especially like in a world that feels so like it's hard to know how to have an impact. And if you can have an impact, I think there is something really powerful about UU churches and the fact that like we can be democratic to a fault, right? Like all the jokes about how, how many, you know, you use it takes to screw in a light bulb type, like, you know, how many times do you have to vote on inane things? Um, but at the same time, it's also like really, really obvious how your contributions impact other people. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that can be a really powerful antidote to the discouragement of like, you know, you can sign all the peti- petitions to Congress about gun laws and like, is it working? It's hard to know, right? But like, you taught the kids class on Passover. So we're inc- increasing mm-hmm. their religious literacy. Like, that's very clear. Um, and that's yeah. really important. Um, so, you know, it's important to engage in the world's injustice work in a lot of ways. And I think that, um, like, being engaged in committees is also a really good way to meet other people at church. Um, so, yeah, good stuff. Join a committee. <laughs> Join a committee. I like that. I like that way of thinking about it too. Like, obviously, a lot of the work that we do that's like good work that's aligned with our values doesn't mm-hmm. have those immediate right. ripple. Like, you don't see right. all of the effects of that. Right. But it's nice to, when things are so scary on like a really big abstract level like federal law yeah (laughs) or you know like like when that kind of stuff feels really overwhelming it helps to like bring the scale down a little bit yeah like we are individuals right like right Right. and in specific community communities right yeah yeah it does it does feel a little bit um i mean if nothing else it gets you out of your head for a minute well, and, and we've talked You're about too, doing this, something. Like, yeah, this idea that like despair is a tool of empire, right? Um, yeah. Where I think even the practice of keeping your community and yourself as part of it, like engaged in um, community to be really redundant. Um, mm-hmm. But in this sort of open, curious, present with each other, like, even if that alone is the impact of showing up, that's still really important, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think even I, like, feel conflicted about this sometimes, because especially in the last month, like, I didn't really do any sermons or services that were really, like, social justice um, even with, like... And you could have. <laughs> and I could have, because there's so much stuff... And sometimes I feel conflicted about that. Um, And like, sometimes you need to step away and have a minute um, in order to be able to step back into the world, right? There's like the the not burning yourself out and not running yourself ragged. Um, And I think, especially for UU ministers, there's sort of this... um, there's this weird pressure to be activists and mm-hmm. simultaneously ministry is not activism really. Like it's a part mm-hmm. of the whole fabric of social change. Yeah. Oh no. Henry would like to intervene. There's a delivery truck. Um, oh no. 
Oh no, I know. It's very important. <laughs> um but yeah, I feel that that sort of um the tension of that, especially in right. worship planning. Um because I I don't think that it is in service to people's, you know, power and courage and hopefulness and groundedness to like keep reminding people of all the awful things being done in the world. Um, Mm -hmm. And two, I think that churches that are completely sealed off from the world and, you know, are a vacuum. Like, what are you doing? I actually don't. um, I don't think we would be accused of that. No, I wouldn't either. That's where like, we're sort of in the UU sphere. There's more the like, this pressure to like, tip too far into activism and I say too far because mm-hmm. at a certain point like ministry is a really hard job and you can't show up for the things that only you can show up for like end of life situations or pastoral emergencies or like things where like you need a minister to be a minister if you're only focused on activism um those things start to be in conflict. And I've like, I've heard this from other people in other congregations um, and from even other ministers, like that tension is really complicated. And at the end of the day, like we've been hired to be ministers um, and there's a place for that in, in the whole network of change. Um, yeah. But it feels really tricky sometimes. It feels really sticky. Um, so yeah yeah oh sorry <laughs> equipment malfunction I'm like okay. hitting things Henry's on my desk barking. your microphone's falling over you know life is happening and we're still here we're we're existing in the world as we're as it is doing as this. it is as we are yep yeah mm-hmm. um yeah and even so like yeah. we were talking a little bit about before we started about the last sermon and um I like writing it really didn't know how it was going to like, I didn't know what I was doing in writing it Mm -hmm. because there was um, a much beloved member of our congregation who'd been sick for many years, who took a really serious turn last week. Um, And so on Sunday I was writing the sermon. I knew that I was going to be announcing that she was dying. Um, and so writing a sermon about springtime when you're about to tell a bunch of people that one of their, like, dear friends is about to die mm. feels like a really weird paradox, um, which is where <laughs> Henry is very inopportune barking, <laughs> which is where it sort of turned into this, like, musing on liminality. And while I was writing it, I was like, I don't know if this feels like a weird door into, like, the inner workings of my brain or if this will be meaningful to people, but, like... This is what I've got, and I'm mm-hmm. trying to make space in this community and in this place for something that I know is coming that they don't yet know is coming. Um, mm. So I don't know. And and I did that instead of, you know, preaching about trans issues. Um, yeah. And I mean, I am now planning on preaching about trans issues next Sunday because it feels like sort of the the right timing and the right thing um but yeah it's a it's a really complicated dance um Mm -hmm. 
Not sure how we got off on this tangent, <laughs> but we did. <laughs> Whatever. Here we are. I think it's like, I have to say, that is uh, uniquely difficult in your job. Yeah, um, right. Like finding that <laughs> balance between like, where do you put your energy? But everyone right. has to ask themselves that question. Totally. totally. Um, yeah. And like having a sense of... I mean, I was I was thinking about I was talking to people about this. Um, so a few weekends ago, I uh, well, let me back up. I've been like doing a lot of learning with other like community organizers about like co-ops, mm-hmm. um, like different models around cooperative like housing, yeah. uh, other stuff like, you know, there's like businesses, too. But yeah. um, particularly like, my focus has been on housing. And we took a like learning journey trip to DC where cool. there's a yeah. Um there's kind of a, a sister chapter of our organization there who is that is very actively uh like trying to get a housing co-op off the ground called mm-hmm. Baldwin House in DC. Cool. Um and that put me in contact with a lot of like I, I got to meet and talk to a lot of really amazing um, like activists, community organizers, yeah. cooperative like leaders and founders and all of this like this great like network of people. And we got to talking about um, that question, like, where do you put your focus when mm-hmm. everything feels on fire differently? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Especially on scale. Like when yeah. you're thinking about like and also time frame. Yeah. Like immediate issues versus like dealing with roots of issues so that they right. don't continue to become emergencies. Right. Like where in the emergency pipeline do we put most of our energy intervening? Yeah. Is it like infrastructure repairs or is yeah. it like emergency bailing out? And obviously yeah. it's both. Right. And but not for each individual. Exactly. And this is where like, the, what you're saying, I think, is really helpful because my re- reaction to this is sort of you do it where you can. And for every person, that's yeah. going to be very different. And like, that is a good thing, right? It is a and good it sh- thing. Yeah, it should be. It should be a different thing. This like, because there can be this like weird, like, oh, if you don't care about my cause, you don't care about anything. And it's like, no. Let's all do all the caring about all the things. Pick what you can. Do what you can. Like, well, and I, I think something that would make it a lot easier is if we were more organized. Yeah. <laughs> so that we know, like, yeah, on right. a smaller scale, it's much easier to say, like, oh, in this church, right, I right. don't have to worry about yeah the flowers getting planted because I know the people who are taking care exactly. of that and I trust them. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, exactly. Yeah. And so like, I'm not going to, I'm going to show up to, you know, sit on the pledge committee because that also needs to happen. And that is also really important. And so it's really good that we're all so different. Um, right. So. But it's, it's a lot harder when things feel a lot more, um, I think, that, urgent. So partially urgent, but also siloed. And yeah. right. the, the culture of um, like making the world better in the United States is really dominated by the nonprofit model, which is like, yeah, right. Pro- in- involves like professionalization of yeah. like, uh, social issues. Right. 
um, which has a lot of underlying problems in my humble opinion like latin america latin american organizers are like why on earth are people paying you like why would you expect to get paid for revolution no one's going to pay you to undermine the system which is true um and so that's part of why it's really hard to like solve problems in an organized way because like the whole the model of nonprofits is to focus on some on an issue kind of a little bit more in a vacuum. I mean, not in, not exclusively, not yeah. completely in a vacuum, obviously. Yeah. But there's not quite the same level of like social network that's happening with with like right. grassroots community organizing that is so much about relationship. Yeah. Those are very different. Right. Like the the network that holds the thing together. One is exactly. sort of corporate and one is interpersonal. And by the way, they're in competition with each other for resources because they're applying oh. for grants from the same places. That's the big issue, <laughs> not just the siloing. <laughs> so, like, the siloing is a problem. The, right. like, professionalization is a problem. The yeah. way the networks hold the interconnectedness of the issues is a problem. Yeah. And the way that get re- they get resourced is competitive, and that's a huge problem. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, I, I think it would feel less overwhelming. Like it's still a very kind of individualistic model. And we, we inherit that from society when we think about like where we can do work to make things better. Um, and so it just feels so (laughs) like, the only fix to this is to know the people or at least like somehow find a way to trust the people, know that there are people working on the other things, know who they are yeah, and be in communication with them. Like, okay, cool. You got this. Okay, cool. I got this. Like, yeah, we know we collectively are covered because we decided together yeah. who's doing what as opposed like we are assigning ourselves jobs when we enter. And it's hard when there's like, you know, it's not like I can know what every other person is doing. It just feels yeah. very hard. And that's why, like, you know, social, like, justice work never happens on an individual level. Because, right. of course, it can't. Right. Um, but that's what we were talking about. Like, I find myself wishing, like, each of us as individuals is, like, sitting with that, like, where do I put my focus? And I was like, yeah. Well, why are we trying to decide it by ourselves? Yeah. (laughs) Each of us. Totally. Well, and I think to like circle back, that's where I, as a minister, feel this complexity of like, I'm supposed to be helping lead a community. And what I say and do has some influence. And like, sometimes I feel kind of guilty because I'm like, I don't really understand the ins and outs of like lobbying and politics enough to like have a really constructive answer about like what do we do about these trans bills that aren't in our states and like I that's not a wheelhouse I fully understand and the whole thing is so like horrible and insidious that like it's inherently kind of baffling to me um but like it's good that you don't know about that because that would take up space. Uh, uh, right. Because then how would I do the rest of my job? Right? Like, right. Right. It's right. not It's not like, it's not just like, okay, that you don't know that. It's like actively <laughs> so a good thing you don't know that. 
<laughs> right. Yeah, because because then I couldn't actually fulfill my role. Yeah. Yeah. It would be it's a distraction. Thanks for making me feel better. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad that was a side effect, but it wasn't even my intention. But I also think it's where, like, I, like, religion is a, a sphere of great influence and great harm. And that's where I think even, like, being a place where, like, we can... If I bring up drag queens in church, the presumption around me is that it's going to be positive and it is going to be positive. Like that is going to be a loving and positive conversation. I feel like the fact of that in the world is really important um, when there's so much of the opposite. Um, So. Yeah. (sighs) Next week's or next month is going to be a doozy, both next week and month. Yeah, next I just next month is Passover Easter and then I realized I've never preached on Ramadan, so I'm considering doing that, even though I admittedly don't know that much about Ramadan. Um so yeah. It's just a holiday season. <laughs> Round oh two. Boy. Well, forever. Well, who knows what just, I I don't yet know how I'm gonna talk about Easter. We'll see. We yeah. shall see. It's a complicated how did you talk about one. It last year? How did you talk about it last year? Um, I don't remember. <laughs> I think it was hope. Something about hope. That is that is sort of like the genre in which Easter falls. <laughs> I want I want to say hope. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. New life. <laughs> mm. yeah. I remember this conversation. We were talking about like how do you talk distinctly about Easter versus mm-hmm. spring? <laughs> yes. Yes, that is you're right. That I think that is what I preached on last mm. year because they get so conflated. Even like right. when I was starting to research Easter materials like in the past week or so, like they just the metaphors get so overlapped in UU uh-huh. writings that it's like no we we are actually talking about two different things here. <laughs> like they're yeah. not equivalence and we kind of do a disservice to the whole conversation I think when we get sort of lost in false and comfortable equivalencies between related right like Easter is a spring holiday which is related to pagan traditions right like these things bleed together but they're not the same thing Um, yeah this is coming back to me yeah it's all coming back to you now It's all coming back. <laughs> Amazing. So, yeah. I mean, you're the one who wanted me to compose a jingle. So, <laughs> I think technically that would be copyright infringement if we used that as our jingle. Probably. Okay. Uh, except for this legal disclaimer, which is fair. <laughs> what about maybe it's fair use? Maybe it's parody law. I don't know. We don't know. I'm also not a lawyer, thankfully. Parody. Parody law. Yeah. I am really helpful for very specific things. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There was Mm -hmm. like, there was a coffee shop that opened up somewhere that was like in every way exactly the same as Starbucks. Not officially licensed by Starbucks anyway. Yeah. Except like they made some change to like they put up some sign that was like, this is a joke or something. And they were like, yeah, we're seeing how far we can take parody or law. 
<laughs> to just completely oh rip off Starbucks and make this look like a Starbucks. But like, that's a fascinating and also very expensive social experiment. <laughs> and I don't remember if they won. So yeah, we can just live in that mystery. Hmm. We well, don't know. Well, okay. While we wait to get sued, maybe we can <laughs> go back out into the world. I truly don't know. I that was a fever dream. I do not know what we talked about, but I'll go edit it and <laughs> see what it was. Meandering like social justice is hard. We don't know what the names of flowers are. <laughs> That's fine. What is a miracle and who decides? We knew we knew oh, it was gonna be. So great. that's fine. Totally I'm cool. not concerned about it. Nope. We haven't received any complaints yet. <laughs> <laughs>